Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments and fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. When we come to Romans chapter 8, we have to say hallelujah, because here, Romans chapter 8 is not a refrigerator, but a dining table, and the Lord is saying, come and dine. We have come to one of the landmark chapters in the entire divine revelation today. That is Romans chapter 8, and you will not want to miss this life study. Absolutely not. This is the Life Study of Romans with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry in Anaheim, California. And here with us to fellowship the inexhaustible riches in this chapter is Dick Taylor. Dick, welcome to Romans 8. What a joy to be here in Romans 8. Dick, it's no accident that Romans 8 follows Romans 7, both in the sequence of the Bible and more significantly, I think, in our experience. Really true. Uh, When you look at Romans 7, you say, oh, what a mess, because it just ends with a wretched man. Wretched man, who will deliver me from the body of this death? We just see a person who is doing his best to respond to God's law. Uh, Romans chapter 7 is really the experience we have in our Christian life, and so it's good that it precedes uh, Romans 8. After a believer is saved, a new convert, or maybe we just had a, a turn back to the Lord, right away our desire is, I'll never do that again. Lord, I want to be just like you. I want to be holy, I want to be righteous, and we just make up our mind to go along with God's outward demand according to his law, to be like him, even trying to imitate him, which is an absolute impossibility. And as we go along with the law of good in our mind to respond to God's demanding law, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, Uh, we find out that there's another law that's operating in our flesh, in our members. And uh, what happens is our life just becomes a mess, and our life becomes one of bondage and condemnation. And eventually we cry out like uh, Paul did, I see a different law in my members warring against the law of my mind and making me a captive to the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? 
Well, this is the situation. You know, we may pray, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I live. From now on, I want to be a good Christian. I don't want to do those things anymore. And we just make up our mind to be a good Christian. And what happens is we become totally defeated and condemned. So we have to say, hallelujah for Romans chapter 8. There is now then no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Only in chapter 8 do we see a freedom in our experience from the bondage that's in Romans chapter 7. Dick, this is the mind that we want to explore today, the freedom that presents itself in Romans chapter 8. Absolutely. Let's join Witness Lee for the first section of our life study. We'll be back for more fellowship. Now, before we get into this chapter, I have two or three points that I need to pass on to you. Number one, please pay your full attention up to the first verse of this chapter. Out of a sudden, you have such a special, a glorious, excellent, marvelous term, the spirit of life. In the whole Bible, you only have this term once used, the spirit of life. Before chapter 8, you do have the life, Zoe life, eternal life, divine life, the uncreated life mentioned a few times. If you look into it, you could see this life is the goal in God's salvation. God redeemed us for this life. God justified us for this life. God reconciled us to himself for this life. That we shall be saved in this life. And that we shall reign in this life. That we should walk in the newness of this life. And that we could be sanctified in this life. But, in all those chapters, Paul didn't say, by what means we could be saved in life? By what way we could walk in the newness of life? By what way we could have the sanctification in this life eternal? Paul didn't say this up to chapter 8. Then, out of a sudden, he joins life with the Spirit. Out of a sudden, he says, the Spirit of life. I tell you, the way to have this life is the Spirit. The way to be saved in his life is the Spirit. The way to walk in the newness of life is the Spirit. The way to have the sanctification in life is the Spirit. The Spirit is the way. The life is belonging to the Spirit. And the Spirit is of the life. These two really are one. You can never separate life from the Spirit and Spirit from life. These two are one. Now, you can see the connection, the relation between chapter 8 and the foregoing chapters. 
all the foregoing seven chapters end up in life. All the seven chapters lead us to life. So now we are here at a point of life. You have to circle the word life in chapter 8. Probably I could only find that in chapter 8, the word life is used four times. The first time, life is connected to the Holy Spirit. The second time, life is related to the mind. And the third time, life is related to our spirit. And the fourth time, life is related to our body. This is what I call the fourfold life. This is what I call the fourfold life of God that comes into our spirit to make our spirit life. And is spread from our spirit into our mind to make our mind life. And even from our spirit spreads this very life into our mortal body to make the body of sin a body of life. Dick, this chapter is all about the spirit and life. And we want to spend some time on the relation of these two. But I want to ask you about a term that came up in this first portion, and that is zoe, zoe life. What is this word zoe? Well, in the New Testament, the word life is used in English, but there are three Greek words for that word life. One is bios, referring to the physical life. One is suke, referring to our psychological life. Then one is zoe. Zoe is referring to the uncreated, divine, eternal life of God, the incorruptible life, the indestructible life, which is just Christ himself as the life-giving spirit. This is the most wonderful life in the universe. In Romans 8, we're brought to this life. So our need is to take care of this Zoe life. Romans 1 through 7 builds and consummates this matter of life. We see the word life referred to many, many times. And eventually it says we're saved in his life, we reign in his life, we walk in the newness of his life, and we even get sanctified in his life, which is all wonderful. But still we don't know how. We don't know the way. The way is the spirit. And that's why it's so wonderful to come to Romans 8, because here Zoe life and the spirit are linked So now we can come to the point of actual experience and enjoyment of the Zoe life. God's desire is to Zoeify us, to make us Him in life, not in the Godhead. So the Zoe life is just Him working in us as the Spirit to saturate us and permeate us with Himself for His expression. That reminds me of the verse in 2 Peter, that we are partakers of the divine nature. Right. We partake of the divine life. We partake of the divine nature so that we can be just like him for his expression. No wonder there's freedom in this chapter. Oh, there's freedom here. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In chapter 8, you do not only have the spirit of life, but you have the law of the spirit of life. You have something more. The law. The subject of Romans 7 is law. So here, 
Romans 8 continues to talk about now. You see three laws. He said, no, brother, wait. Here's another one. You have the first one, the law of God. You have the second one, the law of God. You have the third one, the law of sin. If you only have these three laws, my goodness, we all have to say, wretched man that I am. A law of God demanding outside of you. A law of God in your soul, that means your mind, corresponding to God's law. Another law in your members, that is in your body, warring against the good law in your soul. And you know, Paul told us that the law in our mind is so weak, impotent, doesn't have a bit of strength. But the law in our body is so full of strength. So he said, that's not me. It's no longer I that do it. But what? But the sin that dwells in me does it. Who is this sin? Satan. The law of sin. The law of sin is simply Satan himself. But hallelujah. There's another one who is much more, much more powerful than this evil giant. So what? So far in chapter 7, praise the Lord, here we have chapter 8, chapter 8, with the law of the spirit of life. It is not the law of God, neither the law of God in our human mind, but listen, the law of the spirit of life. You all have to realize, and you all have to uh, give me the liberty to say something, that the spirit of life here is the very God process. The very God in Genesis 1, after a long process, the process of incarnation, the process of crucifixion, and the process of resurrection, including ascension. So he's now not, forgive me to use such a wild word, he's now not a raw God, R-A-W, a raw God. You cannot deny, in Genesis 1, he was the raw God. But now, <laughs> now in Romans 8, he is the processed God. Today, Romans chapter 8 is not a refrigerator. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 is our dining table. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we are eating. The dining table. Whenever you are hungry, come and then come to where? Come to Romans 8. On Romans 8, table, you do have the process God, and his title here is not Jehovah, neither the Almighty God, but the Spirit of life. Praise the Lord! 
the law of the Lord God is nothing but demanding. This is the law of the processed God. The law of the spirit of life is not for demanding, but for supplying. And we all have to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because this law is now not above us. Not outside of us. But rather, not only inside of us, but even the more in our spirit. Oh, such a law of the process God is today in our spirit. Dick, there's really a lot here, but we have to pick up this fourth law that appears in Romans 8, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. What does Witness Lee mean by the term, the processed God, especially in relation to this new and wonderful law, the law of the spirit of life? Well, there's a term here that uh, Witness Lee is using, raw or processed. Now, this may sound strange to your ears if you're listening to this broadcast, but it's true. Before God took steps in Christ, that is to become flesh in incarnation, and to live out a God-man living in his human life, and to die a wonderful death to solve all the problems between God and man, and to be resurrected, to become a life-giving spirit, and ascend to be the Lord, the Christ, the head over all things to the church, and to pour himself out as the all-inclusive spirit. Before he took those steps, we could say that he was like the raw God. In using the term raw God, we don't in any way mean to be irreverent. But what we mean by raw is unprocessed, not having gone through enough steps in order to be experienced and enjoyed by man. Just like food must go through a procedure of being cut, killed, cooked, whatever it may be, uh, baked, and then that food becomes edible and experiential to us. So the raw God is outside of us. And the only thing that he can do is present himself, say, through the commandments. And it just is like a demand upon us, which we can never fulfill. But the processed God is this wonderful God in Christ who's taken all of these steps to eventually become the life-giving spirit. So that's why we say when we come to Romans chapter 8, we are not coming to a refrigerator, but we are coming to a dining table. Our God has been processed and consummated and is now available for us to come and dine and enjoy him as the spirit of life. So the processed God is the God who's come into us not to demand merely but to supply us to enable us to live him out, to express him. Today, he's the wonderful spirit, and he's operating in us as the law of the spirit of life to make us just like him. Amen. Thank you, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of this marvelous life study. Amen. Now, you can see what a complicated person we are today. Here, a person standing. Look at me. Four laws. Above my head, 
the love God demanding. And in my mind, the love good corresponding. And in the body, what? The love sin warring. But praise the Lord. This is not all the record. After seven, we have eight. Hallelujah. Look at me. In my spirit, there is the love of Satan. The spirit of life. Why we are so complicated? Why? Because, you know, we pass through three occasions. Number one, we pass through creation. Number two, we pass through the fall. And number three, hallelujah, we also pass through God's salvation. In God's creation, I got a human life. This is why I became a human being. In the fall, I got another one enter into me. Who is the other one? Satan. He came into my body. And then, after a while, I got saved. In my salvation, the process of God, the spirit of life comes into my spirit. Now you see, with this one person, there are three persons. Me, that's myself, the created me, is in my soul. Satan is in my body. And the process God, the spirit of life, is in my spirit. I only have three parts, and every part has a person there. Because I have three persons in my whole being, so every person has a law. And every person is a law. Our natural man is a good law. Satan is a bad law. And the very process God, the life-giving spirit, is a law of life. Good and bad all belong to the second tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this law of life surely belongs to the tree of life. So, in other words, today, I am so complicated within me, there is the tree of knowledge, and also there is the tree of life. So now, I am just the Garden of Eden. Man is here, Satan is here, the tree of knowledge, and God is here, the tree of life. All the three dear parties are here. They all moved in from, they migrated from Garden of Eden to this little man. There was a battle in the Garden of Eden. Now that battle has come here. Come here between these three persons with these three lives, with the three laws. Dick, on one hand, this can sound enormously complicated. Three persons with three lives and three different laws operating. But to see this in the context of this great battle, like that in the Garden of Eden, can be a big help to us to explain our own experience, can't it? Yes, it can. Uh, With each person, we see a life. With each person, we also see a law or a principle of operation. 
we see the satanic life. In Romans 7, it's very clear the satanic nature has invaded our body and corrupted it to be the flesh. And there's an evil law there. Then we have the created life signified by the God-created man and wanting to do good. There's a law of good. And this is the good law inside of the created man with the created life. And then we have the divine life with the life law. This is the law of the spirit of life. So we do have this complication. We have these three persons, three lives, and three laws inside of us. And uh, you can see the law of the evil law and the good law just parallel the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Whereas the life law or the law of the spirit of life bring us back to the tree of life. And what do we have in the Garden of Eden? We just have man, we have God signified by the tree of life, and we have Satan signified by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That war, that battle was raging. Now Eden has moved into each one of us believers, inside of us. We are replaying that same warfare. But I have to uh, just say this, that what a wonderful a privilege we have today to choose life. At the end of Deuteronomy, it says, this day I set before you death and life. In other words, if we live by the uh, good life, the good law, or the evil law, we're in trouble. We will be overtaken. And the result is death. So we need to live by the Spirit, where there's the law of the Spirit of life. Deuteronomy says, this day choose between death and life. Choose life that thou and thy whole household may be saved. And so today we get to choose. We get to turn to the spirit who's within our spirit. And the best way to activate the overcoming law of the spirit of life is to say, Praise the Lord! Jesus is Lord! I tell you right away, we become overcomers in the midst of this raging battle. Dick, that's a very practical and useful way to help us all to become overcomers, which is all of our desire. Thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. It's I, good to be here. It's always good to have you, and we'll have you back very soon. Call our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or when you write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or when you send email to us, to radio at lsm.org. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you back again for another life study of the Book of Romans. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org ePublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. 
But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.